Hallelujah. Come on, shout. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know that freedom that comes when you shout like that? Can you feel that freedom? Amen. Amen. And then you, you know, it says, come into the courts with thanksgiving and to his, well, come into his gates with thanksgiving and to his courts with praise. And we come in and shout and praise. But then we come into a place of worship. Worship is the most intimate thing you can do with the Father. You know, what are the angels, the very angels that are around the throne, what are they doing 24 7? Hello? And you know what? It's not about them. It's about him. Amen. Which, if you look at 1 Corinthians 13, is called love. So they're pouring out love because love is not about self. It's all about the other. Amen. So remember that when you're worshiping, when you're praising and worshiping, you're going someplace. Listen, we don't come in. <clears throat> what do we do that's for him only? What's the thing that we do for him only? Hello? Because he doesn't sit there and take notes on my preaching going, ooh, that was good. Let me write that one down. Man, I'm going, God, I need something. It's got to come from you. Praise has to do with self. What is on, the only thing it only has to do for him is what I call intimate worship. Because it's that place of lovemaking. And it has nothing to do with self, and it's all about him. You want your life to change? <laughs> Quit being about self. We, 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 you know, especially, especially in this country, man, we're so much about self. What can I, 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 me, 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 I, 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 me, 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 I, I, I. We got to get rid of self. We have to get rid of self. It's all about him. Look, he laid down everything of himself for us. And he didn't have to. Amen. <laughs> Where's Joe? I was talking to Joe. I don't see Joe. Joe, wave at me if I see. No. There he is. Oh, my goodness. I was talking to Joe earlier. Has anybody ever seen the, the video? about it, 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 But it'll help. Anybody seen about the hit, it'll help? Oh, y'all got to see the video. You know, you don't have to worship God, but it'll help. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to praise him, but it'll help. And we don't have to see signs, wonders, and miracles, but it'll help. Amen? Come on, Jesus. Go to your Bibles to Psalm 40. I was asked, I'm getting a, uh, can we kill this? Please. Oh, she's not there. I'm getting some feedback up here. Um, I was asked to do this. Uh, we have a situation in this country right now. Uh, Judge Kavanaugh. And we just want to attack that situation for a minute. Amen. So let's go to Psalm 40. I want to read this Psalm first off. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord. And he inclined to me and heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. He has put a new song in my mouth, praise to our God. 
Many will see it in fear and will trust in the Lord. Blessed is that man who makes the Lord his trust and does not respect the proud, nor such as turn aside to lies. Hmm. We've seen them happening. Many, O Lord, my God, are your wonderful works, which you have done, and your thoughts toward us cannot be recounted into or to you in order. If you would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire. My ears you have opened. Burnt offerings and sin offering you uh, do not, did not require. Then I said, Behold, I come. In the scroll of the book it is written of me. I delight to do your will, O oh my God. And your law is written in my heart, or is within my heart. I have proclaimed the good news of righteousness in the great assembly. Indeed, I do not restrain my lips, O Lord, you yourself know. I have not hidden your righteousness within my heart. I have declared your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your loving kindness and your truth from the great assembly. Do not withhold your tender mercies from me, O Lord. Let your loving kindness and your truth continually preserve me. For innumerable evils have surrounded me. My iniquities have overtaken me so that I am not able to look up. There are more than the hairs of my head. Therefore, my heart fails me. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Let them be ashamed and brought to mutual confusion who seek to destroy my life. Let them be driven backward and brought to dishonor, who wish me evil. Let them be confounded because of their shame, who say to me, Aha, aha. Let all those who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Let such as love your salvation say continually, The Lord be magnified, but I am poor and needy. Yet the Lord thinks upon me, You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, O oh my God. So, Father, we lift up this situation with Judge Kavanaugh. We ask you, Lord, do not delay. Reveal the lies. Lord, we know who the father of lies is. And you are the truth. You are the way. You are the life. And, Lord, we ask that you would intervene in this situation. Even now, Lord, in Jesus' name. Even now, Lord, we ask that you intervene and break the lies. Bring forth the truth that you would be glorified, that you would be magnified. My God, we cry out to you, the one who created heaven and earth. Lord, we are, we are helpless without you. We need you, Lord, to do this thing for your glory. For your glory, Lord. We ask that you would be glorified in this situation, Father. Reveal the lies and bring forth the truth and bring forth the liars to be known as liars. Expose it. Yes, Lord, expose it. Every bit of it. And we ask that you're glorified and you're magnified in this situation in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm, glory. Let me ask you this question. It's not part of my message. That's okay. What is the calling on your life? 
What has God called you to do? What is your purpose on, here on earth, your primary purpose? Now, we all have multiple things that we, he calls us to do, but what is your primary number one purpose on, in this world? You know, a lot of people say, well, I'm here to be a worshiper, I'm here to lead worship or get people saved or do this or do that. But to qualify this question of what has God called you to do, we have to ask, what can not God not do without me? Huh. Because I know God can get people saved without me, amen? God can, you know, if I don't worship him, the rocks will cry out and worship him. I don't have to pray for somebody to be healed. God can do that. I've seen it in, my, in meetings that I've had. I've had people come up and say, yeah, I didn't even come up. I got healed. So I know God can do those things. So what is one thing, because I, I believe there's only one thing that God cannot do without you. And that one thing is to have a relationship with you. God cannot have a relationship with you without you. That's your number one call in, the, in this, on this world, in this life. Everything else is a byproduct of that relationship with him. To the depth of my relationship with him is to, to the depth that I will do things for him. If I'm not very deep in my relationship, I'm not going to proclaim him very loudly. Amen? Go to 1 Corinthians. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you that it's truth, it's life, and it's light. I thank you that it's a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Father, I ask that by your spirit that you would guide us, teach us, open our understanding, that we may comprehend your scriptures. I ask that you would fill us with wisdom, knowledge, revelation, understanding, that we may be hearers and doers of your word in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to talk about our foundation. 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Verse 11 says this, For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Amen? From what I understand, I've never lived out west or like places like Texas. I know there's some people, some of you have. But in some dry areas, I understand that when you have a house, you have to water your foundation. Has anybody ever heard that, known that? Because it, the ground gets so dry, it sucks the moisture out of the foundation, and then your foundation starts cracking. So they actually have to put sprinklers or whatever and water the foundation. You know, sometimes we've got to water our foundation, amen? So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to do some watering of our foundation and, uh, and uh, get that straightened out, amen? But I want to talk about our foundation. Uh, go to John 14. Some of this stuff, y'all already know. I mean, a lot of it's, but I'm going I'm to put it together in a way that just God has showed me. John 14, verse 6 says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And I'm going to run through some scriptures. John chapter 1. If you're writing, maybe you want to write these down. 114 says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So the foundation of the kingdom of light, say the kingdom of light, is Jesus. Amen? 
Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. So the foundation is truth. Amen? The other kingdom, the kingdom of darkness, is opposite of the kingdom of light. So if the foundation of the kingdom of light is the word, Jesus is the word, it's truth, it's life, it's light. So the opposite of the, the truth is lies. What are we seeing going on right now in our world today? It's a battle between the truth and the lies. It's a battle between the kingdom of light and the kingdom of darkness. So you have a foundation of the truth and a foundation of lies. Now, what is built upon, what's the next thing we can, we can see that's built upon uh, the truth? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Would you say we have to have faith to believe the truth? Amen? For faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Amen? So as we hear the word of God, we gain truth, we gain faith, we believe. So now, what is the opposite of faith? So if you got the truth, you got faith, we got lies, what's the opposite of faith? It's fear. Because fear operates the same way uh, faith does. Faith is believing something that you have not seen yet. Hebrews 11.1 1. Now faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's not the definition of faith, that's how faith operates. Now faith is a substance of things hoped for. What are you hoping for? Maybe you're hoping for a healing. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. So I'm hoping for a healing. So the only thing that I can grasp a hold of, the substance that I can get a hold of, is faith. Faith in what? Faith in what he has said. So what has he said about your healing? Well, I know one verse, by his stripes I am healed. So, the substance for my healing is getting a hold of the truth and not letting go. Go to uh, Genesis. Run back there with me. We're going to be, I, I tell, uh, when I, I speak um, once a month at the soup kitchen, I tell the people, so we're going to air out your Bibles today. Yeah. I like to air out people's Bibles. Hallelujah. Chapter 3, Genesis, we know these verses, but we're going to look at this. Now, the serpent was more cunning than the beast of the field which the Lord has made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Hmm. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the, uh, the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, Oh, you shall surely not die.
I was given this watch three years ago by a man. He walked up to me and gave me this box that said Android on it. I thought it had to do with a phone or something. And I opened up and it was this watch. And he says, you, he says, you have a watch? I said, well, yeah, I got one. He says, Does it, do they have batteries? I said, yeah. He says, well, this one you'll never have to worry about a battery. He said, this watch is for you. He says, God told me to give it to you. It's not to sell it, not to give it away. It's yours. Keep it. It's for you. Okay, thank you, Jesus. This watch is kind of cool because as you move it, it winds. You don't need a battery. As I move it, it winds. And uh, so if I don't wear it for a few days, what happens? It sits on the dresser and it stops working. Y'all did a video this week, Haley and, and Dylan, and she, you brought something up, and I was like, yes. Facts. I was taught this years ago, and I'm like, I was glad you got that because I was like, hallelujah. You know, when I pick up my watch, like this morning, it was like, it said something like 2 o'clock. But I knew it wasn't 2 o'clock. It was like 8-something. But if, the fact is, the watch said it was like 2 o'clock. And if I would have picked the watch up and started doing this, it would have started working. And I could have looked at the clock and says, oh, it's 2 o'clock. Well, it must be 2 o'clock when the sun's out, so it must be 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Well, if I believe a fact, I can be off. Facts are not always the truth. Facts can bridge you to a lie. Hello? And fear will help you bridge that fact to a lie. Because the fact will show up. And when the fact shows up, you start walking in fear. Oh, no. Because you're believing that fact to be a truth. So a prognosis from the doctor says this, and it may be a fact, but is it the truth? Hello? Because my Bible says, by his fact it be the truth, or I can believe the, believe the truth to be the truth. Now, I have to have faith to attach that truth to whatever I'm dealing with. Faith is believing something that's not there yet as though it is. So, you know, Abraham, here's this guy, he's like 75 years old, and God, oh, you're going to be the father of many nations. So what does he do? He ends up trying to make this thing happen on his own abilities. You know, sometimes faith, <laughs> faith will put you through a trial and a test. And it may take a while. How many believe in miracles and signs and wonders that are now and here? Amen. I've seen many. I've seen hundreds, probably countless, of people that I prayed for that have gotten healed, delivered, set free. And I mean all kinds of different stuff. And those are awesome. But sometimes... God has us walk some things out. And sometimes, the more mature you are, the more he's going to make you walk it out. 
You know, a baby, when you have a little baby, you just feed them. Amen? You just feed them. You change your diapers. You take care of them. You do everything for them. What does a baby do? Really nothing but cries and spits up. And... But a 21-year-old kid, you're going, wait a second, it's time to grow up. I know my parents did. <laughs> I went in 21. It's time to grow up. My parents weren't going to change my diapers at 15 years old. Hello? Think about it. But that's what we want sometimes as Christians. I want you to do everything, God, and I don't want to put anything into this. Hello? Sometimes you've got to stand on the word. I was, I was uh, in a position I was, man, I was being, well... We're always being tested and tried, but it seems like. But I was in this place, and I had a friend call me up, and he says, if Jesus, the Son of God, was tested and tried, why not you? Because you're tested and tried to believe if you are truly believing the word which he spoke is truth in your life. That's what he's testing and trying. Do you really believe what he spoke? Do you really believe what's in this word? Or are you just playing with it? I just want miracle after miracle after miracle. I don't want to have to put any effort into this. You're a child. You're a baby. He wants us to grow up and to be able to stand. So when that thing comes, we're standing strong. Hello. He doesn't want you blown by the wind to and fro. I was hunting one day, I was in a tree stand years ago, hunting, and these, there was no deer around at that time, the wind was blowing, and I'm looking at these pine trees, this was down in Florida, these pine trees are going like this, and I'm looking at them, and I'm just watching them swaying, I'm like, you know you get mesmerized out there in the woods, and the Lord goes, start looking down the trunk, and as I started looking down the trunk, the tree started swaying less and less. And when I got down to the base of that trunk, you know where it was going? It wasn't moving. And God said, the closer you get to me, the less you'll sway. When the winds and the waves come, you won't sway. Listen, the disciples are in the boat. Jesus says, get in the boat, let's go to the other side. So they get in the boat, and Jesus decides, I'm tired, I'm taking a nap. And all these guys are in the boat, and the winds and the waves start coming. And the guys are going, oh, no, we're going to die. We're all going to die. We're, we're not going to make it. And they wake Jesus and Jesus, don't you even care that we're going to die? And he gets up, and he's, he says, peace, be still. And he says, where's your faith? Where is your faith? Now, why did Jesus ask that question? Think about this. Why did he ask that question? Because before they even left, the very word said, let's go to the other side. Hmm. The very word of God said, let's go to the other side. You know what that meant? That meant, it, I don't know how it's going to look between here and there, but we're going to get there. The boat may be full of water, but we're going to get there. We're not going to die in the middle. We're going to get there. 
And sometimes Jesus says, we're going to get there, and you're over here freaking out because of the winds and the waves. But now Peter, in another time, Jesus was walking on the water. Peter, Peter says, Lord, if it's you, call me out. So he says, come on out. And Peter starts walking, and he's walking on water. He's doing the impossible. But then what does he do? He starts looking at the winds and the waves. And he starts sinking. Has anybody ever been to a swimming pool in here? A swimming pool that's flat. The water is just flat. There's no waves. There's not a ripple. It's just smooth. How many have walked across that swimming pool when it's like that? So really the winds and the waves had nothing to do with the fact that he's walking on water. Because whether there's winds and waves or not, you're still doing the thing that's impossible. See, he's not asking you... He's not asking you to do the thing. He's asking you to trust him to do the thing. And then we look at the circumstances and situations and we're going, Oh my God, how is this going to all work out? Don't worry about it. Keep going forward. Keep trusting him. Well, yeah, but you're, you're still sick. By his stripes, I'm healed. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what the doctors say. By his stripes, I'm healed. Until when? Until you get to the other side. Believe what he says until you get to the other side. Let's go back to Genesis. I went on the bunny rabbit trail. For God knows, verse 5, knows that in the day you should eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Why did God even put this tree in the garden? Let's go on another bunny rabbit trail. <laughs> you know, I pay attention. Wait, squirrel. No, but I'm focused. Oh, rabbit. Whoa, okay. Why did God even put the tree in the garden? He's got all these trees, all these plants, all this food, all this stuff they can eat. And he says, no, I'm going to put this one tree in the garden. Love. What? Love. If God did not put that one tree in the garden, they would have never had a choice. And love gives a choice. If love doesn't give a choice, then it's not love. It's slavery. It's bondage. And God wasn't going to put his people in bondage. See, my wife has the right, if she wants to pack up and go anytime she can. If I don't give her that right, then I'm not loving her. Then I'm keeping her as a slave or in bondage. That's not God. God is a God of love. Amen? Then the serpent said to the woman, you shall surely die, for God knows in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open. Oh, look, here's a fact. It leads to a lie, but it's a fact. You don't have to believe God. But it'd be better. It'd help. You don't have to believe what he says, but it'll help. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, ooh, she saw that the tree was good for food. Did God say that tree wasn't good for food? He said, no, that is something you're not to touch. He was saying, you shouldn't eat it. It'll help if you don't. That it was pleasant to the eyes. Oh, things are so pleasant to the eyes sometimes that we just get off of God's word. 
and a tree desirable to make one wise. Ooh, I can be wise. She took of its fruit and ate. Eve, look, we're in this whole situation because of a lie. Because of some facts that led to a lie. And you know what the faith, fear is the opposite? She was afraid that she wouldn't be like God. I'm afraid that I'm going to miss out on something because of a fact that was not the truth. Because you could take the tw truth and twist it just a little bit and it'll still hold some facts, but it's not the truth. So fear, the next thing above you have faith, above that is humility because you must humble yourself to come into that faith of the truth, amen? Pride is a thing above fear. See, fear is the root of all these problems. First John says, perfect love casts out fear. Hello? Perfect love casts out fear. And to me, that scripture says, when my love is perfected in you, you'll no longer have any fear. How much fear did Jesus walk in? He walked in no fear. Why? Because he knew his father. He knew the love. Our problem is we don't know. We don't believe. We don't think. But when you get your foundation and start watering your foundation, getting the word, you got a problem, find the word where it's opposite of that situation and stand on that thing. Stand on that thing and don't let go of it until you get to the other side. Stop being afraid of stuff. See, fear will get us in that situation where we'll always fail. Well, what if I don't? What if you don't? What if God does? Two and a half years ago, um, God started my wife and I on a faith walk. Yeah, two and a half years ago. Well, it's been longer than that, but, you know, I was trying to fix this faith walk thing. I was trying to figure out how to make things happen myself. How many of you try to figure out how to make things happen yourself? Hello? How's that going for you? <laughs> you don't have to trust God, but if you do, it'll help. So I, I, um, I, I was let go because of this situation. I was let go for this position. And I was told, well, you, 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 know, you can get unemployment. I was like, well, yeah, that's true. So I get on the computer, and I'm starting to fill out this information on the unemployment. And all of a sudden, I hear the Holy Spirit say, this isn't my way. This is man's way. And I went, Oop. Okay. Close that window. Well, I got to get a job. So I open up, start looking at jobs. And God said, I didn't call you to this walk. I've called you to a walk of faith. And I went, close that window. And then I made a decision. And the decision was this. God, you're telling me you're putting me on a walk of faith. 
And at this point, two and a half years later, I can tell you some things that would, you wouldn't even believe what God has done. They'll blow your socks off. But he said this to me. Or I, I told him this. I said, God, I'd rather take a chance, okay, because faith has some chance to it. And the chance is that you're truly believing what God is saying, okay? So I said, I'm stepping out. I'm going to take this chance and do what you told me to do. But I'd rather leave this earth and stand before him in heaven and say I failed and you had to come and pick me up and get me back on my feet so I can go forward again than to stand before him in heaven and go I was too scared to do what you asked me to do fear will put you in a place when you stand before God if, if you follow after feel fear you'd be standing before God going I was too afraid to do what you asked me to do I was too afraid to go and reach out and pray for that person I was too afraid to do this or too afraid to do that three about three or so weeks ago I went to a gas station I saw this young lady sitting back there she was in the gas station and Michelle I'm talking about you and she said she was having something going on and so I said can I pray for you she said well sure so I'm praying for her. next thing I know there's this pickup truck pulls up behind her and I can see him just waiting like, what are you doing I'm praying for you. you're gonna wait I don't know did you leave feeling better thank you Jesus you know what he got his gas he could wait a few minutes but you know what fear would say oh no I, I can't pray for you cuz I've been in that situation many years ago too amen I've been there but you know what you get that fear broken off then I've been in places when when you're in Walmart and watch people get up and leave a cane laying there and they're walking all around because God didn't heal them all right you're in a flea market and the lady's in a wheelchair with five broken bones in her leg and next thing you know she's up and walking those are testimonies well, I was in a flea market, so what? Well, you was in Walmart, so what? I didn't care. Why? Because of my faith. My faith. You know, your faith should come to a place where, you know what, it doesn't matter anymore. I know what God will do if I will just step out and do something. Faith, you know, years ago God said, I, I was spiritually, my wife and I went to a, a, a faith-based church. And uh, for years, faith, faith, faith. And then one day I was asked to preach at this church, and I said, God, what do you want to preach on? He says, I want you to preach on faith. And I said, what? Preach on faith? I don't even know how this thing operates, and you want me to teach on it? So you know what he did? He taught, he taught me faith. And it's real simple. See, sometimes I, I see Christians that are like, faith. I'm like, you're going to bust a blood vessel. Stop. Well, I got to, oh, make it out. No, quit. Faith is this easy. God said to do this thing, you do it without understanding or knowing the results before you do it. You give. He's telling me to give half my paycheck away. Okay, so what? So the God of this universe, the God that created everything in six days, can't get you a little more money for your needs? Hello? 
He can't get you another 50 bucks of what you need. I've heard, I've heard people getting millions because that's what they needed for a situation. Hello? God can't get you a little more money? Well, yeah, but the doctor said this and this and that, so God can't fix the very thing that he created. He can't bring healing to you. The very thing that he created, and the only reason you're alive now is because of his breath in you. And because he says you, that you can breathe. The only reason you're breathing because he says it's okay. Because if God takes your breath away, you're done. But that same God can't take care of the situation you're in. I've prayed for a lot of people um, that have burdens and cares and worries. And what it looks like in the spirit realm is if you see those people in other countries that carry water on these long sticks and they have these water pots hanging... That's what worries and cares look like. They go across your shoulders and you carry them. God didn't create you to be his donkey, his pack mule. Hello? God didn't create you to be a pack mule. What did God create you to carry? His love, joy, peace, goodness, kindness, his, his anointing. That's what he made you to carry. But we're over here carrying all this other stuff. And then when I pray for people like in that situation, I go, okay, so how is it working for you? Because if you could have fixed it, you would have fixed it a long time ago, but 20 years later, you're still worried about it. So why didn't you fix it back when you started worrying about it? Well, I can't. Okay, then, so what are you doing? Well, if I don't worry, no. Stop. Listen, you don't have to continue on with the way your ancestors did it. You start walking and doing it his way, amen, it'll be a different way. You'll be free. The truth sets you free. But there's a verse before that says if you've got to do what he says to do, amen. It's not just, oh, the truth sets me free. If you abide in my word, my word abides in you, then you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Amen. Lies. These lies are coming from left and right everywhere. And as Christians, listen, we're in a, we're in a time and a period that we really got to be sharpened by the Holy Spirit. We have to be accurate in what the Holy Spirit says to do. If he says don't do this thing, no matter how good it looks, don't do it. If he says do this thing, no matter how bad it looks, do it. Now if you need confirmation, ask him for confirmation to confirm what he's saying for you to do. But we need to be really accurate on these days, amen? Because the, the liar, the very one who wants to bring us down, is bringing out lies, and it's starting at the top, and it's, amen? But don't believe the lies. Stand on the truth. Listen, when you stand on the truth, when that is your foundation, you will not be moved. You will not be pushed. You will be standing on the truth. You will not move. Amen? John 8. We, we know these verses, but we're going to read them anyways. You know when you really truly know the verses? When they're so alive in you? Hello? When they're so alive in you? John 8. 42, Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me. 
for I, for I proceeded forth and came from God, nor I come of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Because you are not able to listen to my word. You are of the fa your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. Listen. Stop believing the lies. I'm on this reason for some reason. This is for somebody. Stop believing the lies. Stop believing the lies. Find the truth. Don't look at the facts. Find the truth and stand on it. No matter what the facts look like. I had a friend who had a, a, a broke his, his leg somewhere. And he went to the doctor. And the doctor showed him the x-ray. He said, see, you're, it's broken. And he said this. He says, I can't deny the facts. But I deny the facts the right to stay in that state. Facts are facts. But deny them to stay in that state to come to the tr place of truth. I don't give this thing the right to produce as it is producing. It better produce as the way the Word of God says. It better line up with the Word of God. It better come forth and be the truth. Amen? You don't have to believe the truth. But it'll help. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Here's something God gave me years ago. And I, couldn't, I, can't, I don't remember. I can't tell you how it came together. All I know is I started out with this. And, but this is how I start most of my days. Oh, I can't say all of my days, but most of my days. Father, I thank you for this day. For this is the day that you, the Lord, has made. And I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. This day is holy unto you, Lord, and I will not sorrow. For the joy of the Lord is my strength. And I give myself to you this day, Lord. I choose to serve you, Jesus. I pick up my cross and I follow after you this day, crucifying my flesh with its passions and its desires. For I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives, reigns, abides, and dwells in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. For I am a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. For I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I'm a blood-bought, born-again, spirit-filled child of the living God of Israel. And I'm blessed of God. I'm blessed to be a blessing. I'm called of God. I'm anointed of God. For those whom God calls, he anoints. I thank you, Father. <laughs> Father, I want to do your will this day, not mine, but yours be done in me and through me, I pray in Jesus' name. So, Father, I pray that by your Spirit that you'd help me take full control of my flesh that I may only do those things that I see you, my Father in heaven, do. That I would not present my members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but I present myself to you, O God, as being alive from the dead, and my members as instruments of righteousness to you, O God. I ask that by your Spirit that you'd harness my tongue, that I may only speak those things that I hear you, my Father in heaven, speak. For your word says that no man can tame the tongue. So, Father, I pray that by your Spirit that you'd put a watch over my mouth, a guard over the door of my lip, that my words may glorify you, edify, correct, or teach another. Father, I pray that by your Spirit that you'd help me take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. For your word says, <clears throat> excuse me, that I take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Thank you, Jesus. You know, when we stand on the word, when we speak the word over and over and over again, 
They call it, they go, my mind's going different places right now, so excuse me. They go, oh, it, it, it's been called the uh, name it and claim it thing. It's not name it and claim it. Listen, every teaching that started out, that they call all this stuff, starts out with some truth to it. There's some foundational truth to it. Now, a lot of teaching has been taken and, and gotten perverted. Okay? But when you speak the truth, it's not name it and claim it. It's bring it to life inside of you. You have to speak it, proclaim it, take a hold of it, and keep going with it, and, and, and just hang on to it. Amen? And when a situation doesn't look right, you speak it again and speak it again and speak it again until it comes out to the other side. Amen? It's not name it and claim it. It's trust in God and speak his word that you will have what he says you will have. Keep speaking it. Keep speaking it. That I'll take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Every thought you must take captive to the obedience of Christ. I did a teaching years ago when I was a children's pastor, way back when. We had, we had a small room, and uh, I did some crazy teachings. Some people started questioning me, but I was having fun. I bought 24 crickets, and I brought them to the children's church. And I was talking about taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So I took these crickets and I let them go in, in the church, in the room. And I had kids catching the crickets. But my question was, what happens if you don't catch the crickets? Crickets make sound. They'll chirp the whole time. They'll multiply. You'll have uh, leftover stuff from the crickets all over the place. But that's like our thoughts. You let the thoughts go and they multiply. They leave residue of the old junk behind. They multiply. Take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Make a filter. If it doesn't line up with the word, why are we pondering upon it? Why are we staying there on it? No, I'm not going to go there. Change it. If you've got to pray in the Spirit, if you've got to worship, just... I thank you that your word is truth. This isn't truth. Your word is truth. I will worship you, Lord. I worship you. Praise you, Lord. Change the very thoughts that you're thinking. That's where you'll, you'll defeat everything that you have a problem with. No sin is started out until it starts out as a thought. Now, it may have become a habit... But you know, the first time, before I ever said one cuss word when I was little, you know the first thing I did before I said that word? I thought about it. And I thought about it, and, thought, and all of a sudden, it, it had to be broken. Amen? But we ponder upon these things. We ponder upon these facts, or the lies themselves, the fear, and we believe that thing, and the next thing you know, it's just full-blown out of us. Change this thing right here. That's our problem, is this little three-pound thing in our head. Amen? See, God, when he came, Jesus came to change. You're, you're, when you're born again, your spirit's instantly changed. 
Amen? You're born again, your spirit's changed. Your flesh has got to die. Your, your soul realm, which is your mind, will, and emotions, have to come in alignment with his word. Your very, the very thoughts, just like when somebody goes into the military, the first thing you do is to take them into boot camp. They take them into boot camp, why? To break off all their old thoughts and their old ways. Because when mama said something, well, I ain't doing it, I don't feel like doing it. Well, can't have that in the military. Next thing you know, the guy's shot, he's dead, he's doing no good for the military. So what do they do? They break them down to retrain them so they're good for the military. Amen? So what does God need to do with us? He needs to break this down and retrain it with his word so we're good for his military, for his purpose, for his kingdom, for what he needs done. Amen? This needs to change. Your spirit's changed. This, your very thoughts, get it changed. How do you change it? By the word of God. By you stop believing the lies and start believing the truth. Stop walking in fear, walk in faith. Stop being proud and being humble. Humble your sight in, uh, yourself in the Lord that he may, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord that he may lift you up. Amen? My wife and I, um, I don't even know if this has been announced, but we're going to South Africa in November. So, amen. Hallelujah. So, uh, we'll be gone for, uh, huh? Yeah, what he said. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're going for basically the whole month of November with some friends of ours out of South Florida. Um, and, you know, when this happened, actually, Dylan blessed me with a word, a prophetic word that spoke. When I shared it with him, I, th I said, I think we're going to South Africa. And he gave a prophetic word which confirmed that thing. But you know what? I, I didn't know how, when. I knew it was like November. You know what I still know? It's November. You know what? That's okay. Well, what are you, where are you going? I know we're going down to Cape Town area and someplace like that. Well, how long are you going? For about a month. When are you leaving? I don't know. November. You know what? It doesn't matter. Faith. You know, sometimes we like to be prepared and be planned and set way forth. You know, we, we do these things. And, and I'm not saying it's not right, okay? But when you step out into faith, it's a whole new dimension. Because we prepare. You know, we, we save for uh, when we're going to retire. And those are good things. But sometimes when we get into God's realm, we got to be prepared way back here. Or else we get in fear. And we're going, God, but I don't have a ticket yet. It's okay. What day are you going? I don't know. It's okay. You know why? Because faith says, you know what, Father, you'll take care of this whole thing. And he's brought me to that place. It's okay. I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about when we're getting there, how much it's going to cost, where are we going, Whatever. All I know is we're going. Amen? You know, have you ever heard of people just, God says, go to the airport, you're going to so-and-so place, and they don't have a dime in their pocket? They go to the airport, and what's that, what happens next? So just because he tells you to walk in faith doesn't mean everything's pre prepared and ready beforehand. You may come to that day 
We've needed times and places when we needed a place to live, and I didn't find out till that day where we were going to go. Hello? Three o'clock in the afternoon, I didn't know where we were going to go. Three o'clock in the afternoon, I find out where we're going to be sleeping that night. You know what? It's okay. God will walk you through it. You don't have to know three weeks, four weeks, a month, two months in advance. If God says go, just start going. He told Abraham to go. Abraham said where? He said that way. Get your family, get your stuff, and go. You know, we want to be prepared. We want to get ready. We want to know all the ins and outs before we get up and go. And that doesn't always happen. But God will take care of you if you trust him. Amen? He will watch over you. He will provide. He will bring everything that you need for that situation. He will provide it for you. And bring it forth if you will just trust him. Amen? Can we get somebody, David? Trust him. That's all that it is, is trust him. Well, how do I know he'll bring it about? Well, I'll give you 66 books about how I know that he'll bring it about. And see, that's why he does little things and things before you. With, with, you just ask for something when you're young in the Lord, and he, boom, it happens, boom, it happens. We know as you get more mature in the spirit, sometimes you've got to hang on to it a little bit longer. But like David did, like David did, you're just an uncircumcised Philistine coming against the armies of the Lord. I done killed the lion, I done killed the bear. Who are you? Big deal. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. Go back to what God has done before and you'll prepare for what God's going to do now. Well, how is this going to happen? I don't know, but I know when he did this and 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 you'll overcome. You'll overcome the fear. You'll overcome the worry and the doubt and all the stuff and you'll go to that next place that he has for you by faith. Faith, just trusting in him, what he said he will do, that he will do it. And that's how hard it is. Amen? Y'all stand with me. Did anybody get anything out of this today? One person, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just come before you. We thank you, Lord, that the word you have given, it's a seed. Lord, sow it and bring forth great fruit from it, we ask in Jesus' name. Lord, I can preach it all day long, but until you bring true revelation to each and every person, they need it in their life by revelation. So I ask that you would do, bring revelation to them, personal revelation, Father. Let them grasp a hold of whatever it is that you wanted to give today and let them go away with some great seed to bring forth great fruit for your glory. Father, I ask that you would touch every heart and every life here today. You be glorified. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I ask that you bless them as they go. Peace, 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 peace in Jesus' name, wherever they go. Amen. If you need prayer for anything, I know we've prayed for people already, but if you need some more prayer, if you need something, if, you need, if you've never received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I invite you to come up here even now. If you've never received him as your Lord and Savior, listen, you don't have to receive Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, but it'll help. It'll really help. I'm a witness that it'll really help. Amen. You can, you can stay in that life of a mess. Receiving Jesus will help.
If you need anything for prayer, come on up and and we'll pray for you. Amen. Otherwise, y'all have a blessed, wonderful day. And thank you for letting me minister and, and speak to you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.